Welcome back, everyone. You're watching Wheat Heart Therapy, the special series EFT Talk. I'm your host, Dr. Annabelle Bugatti, licensed marriage and family therapist and certified EFT supervisor and therapist here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. We are super excited to welcome to our show today. We have Dr. Nancy Gardner. She's an EFT trainer in Los Angeles, California. She's a licensed psychologist and also has her LCSW. She's a fabulous trainer in EFT. And she's um, so graciously agreed to come on our show today. And she's going to talk with us today about staying in the present moment, working in present moment with EFT, the power of present process. So thank you so much, Nancy, for being with us today. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. So let's kind of jump off here. If you could maybe start by offering an explanation. So EFT, the practice of EFT itself, we are very present process focused. We work in the present moment. Can you maybe offer maybe some kind of clarification as to why EFT has this particular focus? Yeah, it's, um, you know, the more I think about present process, and I, I developed this workshop maybe three years ago, um, the more I thought about it, the more I realized how important present process is in EFT and how many places there are that we need to stay focused in the present and um, how many aspects of being in the present there are. So the more I think about it, even in preparing for talking to you about it, um, I think of more areas where it's so important to be in the present. So um, I think the, the kind of basic ideas about it are, first of all, in EFT, we're doing emotionally focused therapy. So we're focusing on emotions. We, we um, put um, primacy on emotion. So um, if we're going to do that, which is, of course, what we do, um, what we also need to do is to be in the moment with emotions, right? So all kinds of ways that we in the process get in the moment with emotions, with our clients, with ourselves. Um, and because EFT is an experiential therapy, um, we want to have and create experiences with emotions in the room with our clients. So emotions are what change, what motivates change. Sue always says, you know, the word for emotions is from a Greek word, which means to move. So it's, it's emotions that motivate us, and it's emotions that we need to somehow um, harness, is how I like to talk about, harness that power um, in our sessions. Right? Yeah. So um, it's... Uh, you know, so we track emotions, we track the moment to moment, um, we experience our clients' emotions within us, and um, that's, that's extremely powerful. If you think about how, how sort of unpowerful it is to just talk about emotions, you know, to say something like, and, and um, all of us have done this, including me, um, so um, next time this comes up, maybe you can talk to your partner about how you feel sad at that moment, because I understand that you feel sad. You also feel angry, but you feel sad. And so next time when this comes up, maybe you, you can tell your partner about that. I mean, that's like psychoeducation about emotion. And, um, you know, there's a little bit of value in that. But what we do in EFT is so different from that. We, we try to get to the experience of the emotion. So that's well, no, kind of the why of it. Yeah, and a lot of models try to focus on the past. Can you give sort of um, maybe a description of why we don't focus on the past, even though it may be powerful or inform the present? Yeah, so um, I, think when there, I think there's nothing wrong with um, going into people's history because, you know, we do that routinely. We do that in the very beginning, even. We ask for attachment history. We want to know who our clients are and what their experience has been with attachment and, you know, their childhood experience even. So, so it's not that we don't use the past in, um, in EFT. It's very, it's important and it's informative, but um, when we talk to our clients about it, um, if we're going to use it to make change 
and it's not just going to be insight. So that would be another thing where, you know, we could talk about the past endlessly. Um, so, um, but all you'll produce really is what you're saying is kind of insight and in yeah. insight. There's nothing wrong with insight. It's good thing. Right. You know, I, I'm somebody who's been through, I've been through, um, nine years of psychoanalysis. Um, and, um, I, you know, I started out fulfilling my requirement for therapy when I was a student and then I really got into it, into, you know, I laid on the couch and went twice a week and, um, I, I, I loved being in psychoanalysis actually. Um, and, and I learned a lot about myself and I also had emotional experiences in the process, right? So the, the issue for us is how do we make that an emotional experience, right? So, so um, how do we make it an emotional experience for the client? And then how do we get them to share that with their partner? Right? And so I guess that's part of what we do. How do we bring, we also bring, so what, what's important I think to say too about this is that we don't work in the past, but the past of course always has a way of coming yeah. up. And there's a reason why the past comes up and so I guess in EFT, our stance is we work with the past as in as much as it informs the present moment, because it's alive in the present moment. Whatever is coming up, it's because it's still That's alive. Right. It's so very much pull with us. the past and we put it right here front and center so we can work in the now right. with it. Right. So I have a, a case example in my mind where um, I was working with a withdrawer. And um, the pursuer had the pursuer had put a lot out, right? And I was trying to engage the withdrawer in um, responding to her, and she, the withdrawer was having a lot of trouble doing that. So you know, as we do, we ask, "So what's getting in the way?" And what she this is someone who um, had had a lot of therapy, um, understood a lot about what was in the way, and so what she said was, "Oh well." When, um, uh, let's call the client Lupe, um, when Lupe acts like that, I, um, I feel like, um, you know, my mother died when I was very young. And um, I feel like um, I have to take care of her. And I spent my whole life taking care of my mother and then taking care of my grandparents because that's who I lived with. When... So she told me this history in a sort of flat way, you know, and in an insightful way. It's a really important insight. So this, this woman has trouble. She tends to withdraw because she doesn't want to get sucked into taking care of her partner. So um, what I tried to do when she gave me that history, and she could have given me a lot of it, you know, I thought, okay, here we go. We're, you know, here, I think it's an example of what you're asking about. What, how do we follow that? You know, so I'm asking myself, how much of this do I want to follow, right? What I'm trying to do in the moment here is get her to engage with her partner and trying to understand why she's having trouble doing that. So she's telling me why, and she's giving me reasons, but um, the emotion isn't in there. So I think the kinds of things we can say, like one of my points in my outline of how I wanted to talk about this is, what are the techniques to bring people back into the present, right? So, so, so what can I say to her to bring her back into the present so that I don't go off and talk about her family history, which is very compelling because this poor lady's telling me, I didn't know this. She's telling me her mother died when she was young. I, my heart, it goes out to her. Um, I don't want her to have to, I don't want to sort of foster that she has to take care again. She's telling me she doesn't like that. But so, so um, uh, I, what I said to her was something like, you know, um, I, can really, I can really feel how hard that was for you. So I joined her. So one of the things we have to do is attune, right? So I can get there with her. So I can feel as you talk about that, um, how hard that was to lose your mother when you were so young and then to be taken care of to be hoped to be taken care of by your grandparents, but not really getting that. You had to take care of them when you needed so much care of yourself. And I can see how that gets in the way with your partner. So I sort of, you know, 
joined her, empathized with her, um, <clears throat> didn't go into all the details of the history, but got the feeling of it, because I can even feel it now. <clears throat> Excuse me, when I talk about it, like it chokes me up a little bit, that, that um, this is a woman who, who lost her mother when she was young and doesn't want to have to have a partner she has to take care of. And, and I can really feel that. So um, to let her know I can feel that with her, I can be in that with her, and that I want her to talk to her partner about that, mm -hmm. right? Because what we're doing when we're trying to engage with stars is we're trying to have them talk about um, what gets in the way, right? Mm -hmm. If she can say to her partner, um, you know, if I can get her into the feeling of it, so let me backtrack. First, get her into the feeling of it at the moment, right? So yeah. how we get back into the moment is, can you feel that? I can feel the sadness of it. I can feel the, the um, turmoil of it all. Um, can you feel it as we talk about it now? Yeah. Right? So I think that's one of the major questions. Can you, when people go into history, <clears throat> yeah. how do we try to understand how it impacts them now? And particularly when we're doing couple therapy you know, because we're working on the relationship there and yes. um, we want to know how they can come back into the relationship and what the blocks are for them coming in. And Nancy, you're saying something so important. So we're talking about working in present process, the power of the present moment. And this is a place where so many therapists, especially beginning EFTers, really get lost and stuck, you know, because a lot of the content that our clients will bring in is very compelling. And it's so tempting to follow them down that rabbit hole of past situations, past hurts. Even if you're doing EFT with an individual client, right? We know that insight is great, but it's not necessarily enough to have a change event, to create second order change. And we know that emotion is that agent of change. So if we're talking about emotion in the past, they're kind of detached from it. They're not really living it in the moment. And so we want to bring it back to how does what you're saying now affect you live in this moment in the present so we can go back to working with them and getting them emotionally experiencing the moment. Yeah. And that would be so much more powerful than just trying to generate some detached insight about emotion. We don't want them talking about feeling emotion. We want them feeling the emotion. Right. And sharing it. Yeah. Right. Because if you, if you, um, part of what you have to do when this starts happening, I mean, one of the things I want to talk about is how hard this is for the therapist because we have to have some kind of map for where we're going. And EFT does such a wonderful job with giving us the map, right? First, we have the steps, now we have the tango, we have the tango and the steps that we can be thinking about. I am thinking when I'm with, um, uh, Lupe and she says, um, I, I have, I don't want to take care of my partner because I took care of my grandparents so long. I'm thinking, um, how can I get her to share that in an emotional way with me and then share it with her partner, right? To say to her partner, it's not that I don't love you and it's not that I don't care about you, but there are times when you get so wound up that I pull away because I get, um, I get overwhelmed and I get sad and I feel like, oh, here I go again. I'm having to take care of somebody else. So I sort of organize that for her. So this is move two of the tango, kind of organize for her what that is. And I have to get grounded enough myself in all those words about, oh my God, she lost her mother when she was young. How does that feel? Because I, I, you know, I didn't, I don't have an experience to share that I had a mom who lived when I was young. And, you know, a lot of us have that. I, I don't, I had losses. I didn't have a loss of a mother when I was little. I mean, that just really hits me. Right. So to be in there with her in that and not get lost in it. Yeah. And to keep the map, which was the map there was I'm trying to, her partner has been out here flailing about how jealous she is. It was a competing attachment thing. I just read your article about competing attachment. It was a competing attachment issue. That was their issue. She gets jealous. Mm -hmm. So she's out there flailing about her jealousy. Her, her partner saying, oh my God, here she goes. I have to take care of her. So how do I 
get her back into that process. And I do have a map for that. Yeah. that I've got the, the pursuer saying how she's been feeling. She's been feeling kind of left out of her life, like she's got a competing attachment. And um, the other part, the withdrawn part is saying, I can't kind of get in there because I don't want to deal with all your big emotions about it. And so we want to get them talking about that, right? And engage the withdrawal. So that's like, I sort of had that map, which helps ground me. Yeah. So I think that's I, a help when people go into the past is to yeah. say, can they feel it in the moment? That's a technique and a question, right? Yeah. And the other thing is following the map, mm -hmm. which is very helpful. Yeah. I love, so you're saying something super important and, and something else that sort of popped up. You mentioned another way that they're, piss gets stuck and it's not just the content but even the emotion itself can be so compelling we get so caught up with the emotion like you know and I I used to struggle with this when I was beginning in EFT and I've heard a lot of my supervisors say like I get so deep into the emotional experience with them that I get lost and I forget what I was doing with it <laughs> or where I was going so they kind of lose focus so keeping yeah. that nap you know, defining your focus, even in that moment before you start exploring the emotion as like, you know, this is where I want to come back to. So even if you have to write it down on your pad of paper, so that as you explore the emotion in present process, if you notice yourself getting lost, you can just look down and say, oh, yes, that's where I was going. I need to go back to my map and bring that emotion back around. Because again, emotion is all about attachment as well. Yeah. So having therapists, you know, keeping that focus when they're yeah. working with emotion, whether it's content that's compelling or the emotion that's compelling is being able to bring it back. And just this lovely question that you offered, you know, is when your client is talking with you about something, you know, bring it back to how does this feel right here, right now, as we're talking about this. And often I'll say that even, even as I might summarize some of the cycle work, I'll say, how does this land on you right here, right now? <laughs> right? Nice. Bring it back to how do we feel it? And so now what's coming up to my mind is where another place where therapists might get stuck is when they ask that question and the client says, well, I don't feel anything. Oh, yeah. That's another yeah. hard. Now, what would you recommend that therapists right. Yeah, that's a great one. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that when I was thinking about all kinds of possibilities about, uh, about how to um, get into the feeling. If they say they don't have it, um, that really does kind of, I, I think you have to always kind of get a grip on yourself. One of the things that, that, um, that I think is so hard about this work, but so wonderful about this work is that um, we have to be conscious of ourselves and what happens to us at the time. So so you sort of check in with yourself, oh, oh what happened there um, that, um, that uh, what happened to me when I thought I was going to get some emotion and I didn't? Like, you have to kind of check yourself a little bit because you, you have this kind of reaction like, ooh, you know, I just had that reaction to you. That was a question I didn't expect. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah, so I kind of have to go, oh, ooh, I didn't expect that one. And so yeah. you have to sort of get a hold of yourself there and um, attune to yourself and be okay with that because this whole thing of following emotions, uh, we're, we don't know where we're going to go, right? We might go too deep. What you were saying earlier, um, your supervisors might say something like, I get lost in this, it's too deep for me. Or then, and I get too far down into the well, or it could also be like, I can't even get there, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think... in there to see. <laughs> Scott Woolley said to me one time, long time ago, when in doubt, reflect, mm -hmm. right? So I, I, the first thing I would do, and this helps me get grounded too, is I would just reflect that. Oh, oh so you don't really feel anything. Like it, it sounds to me like something that ha would have a lot of emotion on it, in it. But um, you're not feeling it. You're not feeling it right now. Um, maybe it's hard to feel. I think I'd start doing a little empathic conjecture there. I'd, be, I'd start to say maybe why they weren't feeling it because it's an easy thing to numb yourself out and therapy's kind of scary. And I had yeah. 
new uh, nail client, individual client started a couple weeks ago, and he was so scared. <laughs> and I said to him, you know, like I had to sort of realize that I see, I don't think of myself as scary. And mm -hmm. I said that to him, I said, you know, it's just kind of, I was kind of chuckle a little bit because I think of myself as so benevolent and caring and kind and not scary at all, humble. But, um, you know, he was scared. He was really scared. And what he was scared of was having to look at his emotions because he knew that that's what it's about. Another EFT, the EFT therapist who sees him with his wife referred him to me. He knows I want to go as deep as she does, if not more, with him. And that um, he's going to have to look inside. And that's scary. So maybe just conjecturing a little bit about that. It might, I, I get that. You have to be accepting of it too. Yeah. Right? Some of these clients are very practiced in not feeling. Yeah. And you're trying to the present moment of feeling. And that's not something they're used to doing. They're used to being in their head being super intellectual. So, um, you know, when they say, you know, no, I don't feel anything. And, and I've had this, you know, when I was, you know, a real rookie, I remember like, you know, trying to reflect the cycle and then, you know, how does this feel for you right now? I don't feel anything. That fight was last week. It's over with. And I'm like, ah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's exasperating. I mean, you have to sort of notice that, that you get exasperated too. You think, yeah. oh, I must be yeah. doing something wrong because I'm not yeah. getting the emotion around this. But That's actually, a description of a cycle isn't sometimes isn't very emotional. It's a little cognitive sometimes. Yeah. So, well, so we can actually learn from that too, you know? Yeah. Like we can, if they don't feel anything about it, I mean, maybe we can think about, well, maybe, maybe I, didn't, um, I didn't talk about the cycle in a way that is emotionally connecting for you. Let me, yeah. let me uh, let, let's add to that. Let's us together add mm -hmm. to that. You know, like um, uh, um, in the same case that I was thinking about where I was trying to engage a withdrawal, when we talked about the cycle with them, um, the pursuer said what happens is she gets jealous. And um, what she gets jealous of is her partner plays video games. And you know, in your article, you talked about video games being sort of an attachment, uh, an attach a competing attachment. In, in this case, it was more, not the game itself, but it was the people. Mm -hmm. So she plays games with other people and she hears her at the end, the partner, the pursuing partner, hears her withdrawing partner at the end of the video game say um, to a particular person in the group, um, uh, she even called her sweetheart, I think. Good night, sweetheart. Right. That's this woman, she plays video games. She's never even met her. But she's young. Um, you can see her on the screen when they play. And um, um, her partner was jealous of that. So um, when uh, she told me about that, she said she reflected what happens. The cycle is she would get angry. She would have a fight about it. She would tell her partner, why do you do that? How can you call that person sweetheart? And then she would leave. And she would actually break up with her. This is a couple that was living together. It's a lesbian couple, not married, living together. And she would leave. And she'd be that mad. So every time she gets mad at her partner, she leaves, breaks up with her. <laughs> so when she told me that cycle, I like went, oh, um, what happened to me was I ran it through. This is, I, I want to make this point about present process and attuning. Because in a cycle description, sometimes you can get, this one happened to be very emotional. And there was a lot, she's telling it to me with lots of feeling and she's waving her hands and I'm waving my hands talking about it. And she, she, I could feel all that. And, um, what the first thing I wanted to do in talking about the cycle was just tune into that. Like I ran that through my amygdala and my um, just, you know, what would it be like to be in a relationship where you break up every time you're mad? Mm -hmm. So I just sat, I just sat with that a little bit. I slowed her down. I sat with that a little bit. It ran it through me and, um, could feel that I, you know, I've been married 41 years, so I, I don't, you know, 
partner and I don't leave each other. Yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we don't really even fight that much. Uh, you know, it's a rare thing for us to fight. But I, I, the idea of having my partner leave or me leaving, I just can't. Ugh. So I just said something like, um, I just want to um, sit with that for a minute. And um, that just feels so hard to me. I just said to her, that's tough. To be up and down like that and to get that angry that you leave and that and and for both of you to have that up and down like that so just going in and being there with them mm -hmm. i think that helps them be able to talk about it more yeah so, you said right there that felt really big too which is a strategy that i kind of learned too especially in these moments where you might have somebody, you know, how do you feel right here, right now? And they're like, nothing, right? And I think early in stage one, that can be a lot more common is their defenses are way up and you're still building rapport and alliance. Yeah. But one thing I learned is when you go for that is to repeat the trigger past them okay. and then add that reflection, as you yeah, said. Yeah. As we talk about right here, right now, how your partner turns away from you leaving you so frustrated yeah. and you want to connect you feel nothing <laughs> right. you know and so i've learned that if you run the trigger by them or right. the cue, that's a good idea yeah it can so be when you reflect it you reflect the trigger too so that might uh that might bring something it, yeah it might and then you have to, you have to also be empathic with them they they don't want to feel it right now right it's hard yeah. it's yeah. You, could, you could show some empathy for how hard it is to feel that Right. Yeah. So maybe try to understand, is that like it is in the rest of their lives? Do they really just not feel a lot of things? Or is this this particular thing that is hard to feel? Yeah. And you mentioned the, a really big word, which is so important for working in present process, which is attunement. And I found that attunement is kind of multifaceted and um, can be very nuanced. And one of the ways that I've found attunement work I've sort of has evolved for me over the years is, you know, maybe you're doing some cycle work with the couple or you're offering some reflections, but then you notice some things start to come alive or you just notice some things. It's like, like a rug and notice some dangled threads and that emotion sometimes in that present moment can be a thread. And I know when you sort of hug on it slightly, it can open up so much. Yeah. Um, so being able to attune, like, you know, even though we might've just been sort of outlining, maybe organizing a move one of the tango, we notice that one partner starts to get activated or something starts to happen. And you, you watch like, it could happen so fast that a quick little cycle happens right there. And then you're like, wait, wait, wait a second. Something's going on right here, right now. Let's go to, to what happens right here, right now. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because that, that's, um, that's so much a part of what working in the present moment is about. Like for us to have our antenna out, right, mm -hmm. and notice what's happening in this session. So we were talking earlier about attuning to like the, the cycle and what it's like. So staying tuned to the, con attuned to the emotional content of that, that's one mm -hmm. piece. But um, we have to notice what's happening, right? To, to um, notice when one partner's getting um, agitated or when there's a tear that you, maybe in the partner that's not talking, mm -hmm. there's a tear, right? And um, those moments are golden, right? Those moments are golden in EFT because yeah. we're, we're, our goal is to find the emotion, deepen it, help people understand it and organize it, share it between partners so that they become closer. So that's what we're doing all the time. We're always doing that tango, organizing emotions, helping people share it. And um, if we have it in the room, it's just the opposite of what you're saying, where you say, how do you feel? And the person says nothing. This is the opposite. Like there's a tear. <laughs> there's yeah. obvious um, yeah. emotion there. So right. it's tricky though, because you don't want to 
jump on them or you don't want to make them feel self-conscious or make them feel like they can't tear up a little bit without you zeroing in on them and right. scaring them. But um, if, if, um, if you notice, gently notice it, right? And gently say, let's take the tear. You know, I notice, Catherine Reem always says, I see water in your eyes. I say, <laughs> I see a tear. I don't know. I, yeah. I feel, you know, I, I, if so, either one, whatever you yeah. say. Um, or I might, I might say something like, I see a lot coming alive in your eyes right good. now. Can you see what I'm seeing yeah. right now. Right. And, right. you know, really paying, I love what you're saying about really paying attention to it, but gently noticing it. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't go in like super pouncy, like, why are you crying? <laughs> right? right. We'd be like, oh, I just noticed right here as I said, blah, 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 right. that a tear started to form in your eye. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Be really touching, right? Stuff like that. No, that's very nice. I mean, I think I, if I were your client, I would respond to that, yeah. right? I mean, I would feel cared about the way you say it. You know, mm -hmm. we always use our, you know, repeat an image and be soft and slow and use client's language and... That's the other mm -hmm. S, um, soft yeah. and slow, and I don't know. There, so we added an extra S to it slow. recently. Um, uh, to, uh, specific, maybe. Yeah. Right. Well, in working, I love simple. You know, is the other one? Sorry. Simple. Yeah, simple words. Yeah. So it, you know, you're doing that when you just said when you just said you know I see the tear in your eye and you you use that risk technique in a way maybe you weren't even conscious of using that as a technique but that slowness and that softness is yeah. helps people respond so I think it really practice in eft you you become less aware that you're consciously doing a technique and it becomes more of a natural flow absolutely, yeah. you do but you and know coming your back, heart yeah. yeah and coming back to the present moment is you know clients may not always give you tears but you know, the present moment is so powerful because it's what makes everything come to life. It's what makes it relevant. And when they can live it and breathe it in the present moment, you have them open where it's like where the clay is most malleable, where they are going to form a new muscle memory, that second order change that you want to have happen by working with what's alive. And I'll give you a, a quick example of, of, you know, these moments I think are really spectacular when you just follow that present path of emotion it, it often feels like pulling a rabbit out of a magic hat in uh -huh. sessions sometimes uh -huh. and you know I had a couple once where you know we were starting with our re-engagement and they had had um, the cycle come up during the week but had fought the cycle and so I was just reflecting and validating and complimenting the withdrawer on the new moves and I just noticed the withdrawer sort of like pushing the moves like pushing the the compliments away and I yeah. just sort of noticed like kind of noticed right here right now is I'm just trying to give you credit where credits do that this part of you doesn't seem to take compliments very well am I getting that right and the wajar was like yeah I don't take compliments very well and I just leaned in and said what happens right here as yeah. I start to compliment you and when I went into that, it brought up their discomfort and it opened this whole cavern of the withdrawers experiences where they had this view of self about never really feeling good enough, which is common in a lot of my clients. Um, you know, and so because they never really felt good enough, it was hard to internalize compliments and love. And, and then they were able to connect that to how not taking in and appreciating compliments impacted their partner, yes. which left the pursuer feeling so unseen and unappreciated. And the pursuer had started to burn out. So when the withdrawer was able to like live that and, and feel that in the moment, the pursuer was like, oh my gosh, yes, this is what I've been waiting for you to see because I burned, I had a pivotal moment where I got tired of not being seen and gave up. Right. I mean, it was like a magical session all because yeah. I, and yeah. we started from, it's hard to take compliments. What right. happens right. here? And that and requires, that was beautiful. That's really beautiful. That requires a lot of flexibility on our part. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talk about following a map. And so we have a map in our mind, but um, 
we also have to follow sometimes. So we lead mm -hmm. uh, and we lead people into their emotions, but you also have to follow them sometimes, right? Yes. And this was, this was where you, you saw it and you um, uh, brought it up and, and brought it into the room. And then, you know, if you, you, and you brought the partner in too, which is beautiful. Cause if we're, if we're, one of our maps is the tango. So we're helping people organize their emotions and talk about it. So that person could talk about what, yeah. um, what happened to them when they got a compliment, how they didn't feel good enough. And that, that's really big, heavy stuff, right? And there's history to that. Right, yeah. which might even be a part of it, and then um, somehow it was able to be shared with the partner. I would think, like mm -hmm. if we're doing the tango, we get them into the emotions. This is another point about about um, present moment is that they, in order to do the move three of the tango, where we orchestrate the the sharing it, we have to have the emotions live and present. Right, yeah. so that's just critical. So, yes. and I, you know, I see um, supervisees tapes where they really, you know, people are always trying to get certified and is this one good enough for certification? And, uh, you know, uh, sometimes they're, they're doing the tango and it looks good, but the emotions aren't alive right then. So, yeah. you know, the key question again is, are you, can you feel that at this moment, right? Mm -hmm. Can we... Um, just um, stay in that. So when your client shares with you, I feel, you know, not good enough. Can I just stay there with you for a while? Can I, I really want to understand that that feeling of not good enough, right? Um, yeah. And they might introduce some, some other pieces of that. In this case example that I was the pursuer would said, you know, her mother used to tell her she wasn't good enough. Mm. Mother would say to her, no one will ever love you. Yeah you're you no one no don't trust anybody because her mother obviously had a series of relationships that were with people who she couldn't trust she was hurt and so she laid that on her daughter so that like whatever it comes up so can i just stay in that with you i want to understand that i want to feel that with you and we want to get in there with them and yeah. feel that with them because what's that like to have a mom who who um um you know, moms are supposed to tell you you're great, you know, and, yeah. and that you—that's what we hope for from our moms: that to be mirrored in a positive way, and for them to take pleasure in our pleasure. And and um, when your experience is different from that, it impacted you in a big way. So it's hard for you to feel good about yourself and take in when your partner. So can you share that with your partner? Can you feel it now? And can you share it with your yeah. partner? Those are key, key technique questions, right? Yeah. And can we feel it? Yes. Can we feel it on the yeah. inside? And so there's some things really important that you're saying here, and I want to catch them all because they're just so wonderful. You know, one of them is, you know, the importance of feeling it. Like your clients know the difference when you're talking about it versus feeling it as you're going through it, you know. And, and one of the easiest examples I can say is, if you ever walked into an elevator and you knew a couple was fighting, even though they were perfectly quiet, but you can feel the tension without mm. any words spoken, without knowing anything, your body resonates and picks up that emotional tension, yeah. right? That's how yeah. powerful feeling is that your body picks it up. Yeah. Your body feeling stick, that yeah. meter that lights up when there's emotion in the room. So if you're not feeling it, they're not feeling it and it lands so much differently on their nervous system and that's what creates a second order change is when that's alive yeah. and so and and so two other things you mentioned were super important too and one i wanted distinct is you mentioned about the tapes and you know how some some of the folks working towards certification will kind of go into their tapes with an agenda. And it reminds me of the difference between an agenda and a map, right? Because I get when we're certified or we're working on certification, we do sort of have an agenda or when we're working on the map, we're doing the cycle fill and we do kind of go in with to the session with an agenda or at least a plan of what we want to work on. Yeah. So we can get so focused on that that we miss what comes alive in the room. Yes. And that's absolutely. where we have a map. 
is wherever you are in your work, you just take what's alive. That doesn't mean you can't follow the agenda. You just take what's alive in the room and organize it into where you're working. And that brings me to the third thing is the other way that I see the, you know, folks working on their certification tapes is, is the same way is that um, maybe, you know, you mentioned that they may outline the cycle, but the motions aren't alive where I have clients that are outlining the cycle and there's emotions live that are being missed that are so rich and valuable. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just flying past them. Like, wait, 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 <laughs> there's yeah, good stuff. Too much. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's too much. That's where we have to, you know, our technique is yeah. always to slow people down and just say to them, you know, when you find yourself getting overwhelmed, you have to slow things down. Yeah. So uh, there's one other thing I want to talk about before we finish, which is um, our own, um, a lot of what gets in the way, I think, of staying in the present process is our own, uh, I think of it as window of tolerance. Mm-hmm. Like if, um, if the, your example is a good one where there's so much flying around, mm-hmm. like it's very hard to get for us to get centered. You know, okay, which one of these do I pick up on? Or where do I go here? Or uh, we get overwhelmed. And so, so that's one thing that's sort of hard to tolerate, that we have to slow things down and, and go things one at a time and get, try to help people organize. But another sort of more profound part of window, intoler- window of tolerance is how much can we within ourselves be with people in their pain? Right, because so much of what we're doing in EFT is helping people get to a vulnerable place to talk about what's painful for them and to share that with their partners. Right, that that's that's kind of our that's our sort of basic map. And um, sometimes it's really hard to go there. Right, whether it's um, something extraordinarily sad like losing a mother when you're young. Um, that hit me in a way that oh well, I don't know if I even want to get into that, it sounds so painful. How do you even talk about that? Mm-hmm. Right? Or how can I be with her in that and let myself, I mean, we offer ourselves and our mirror neurons for those experiences. And mm-hmm. it's hard work. It's hard work to go there and be present with someone who's in deep pain. Yeah, to right. hold a lot of emotion in the room. Yeah. And it- therapists aren't comfortable with a lot of emotion that would sort of outline the limits of their window of tolerance. Yeah. So I think we have to um, have some recognition of that within ourselves and do some work on ourselves about that. What, what, what um, particular kinds of things are hard for me to go to, you know, is it hard for me to have a whole bunch of loud conflict? That's one I don't especially appreciate, but I've gotten, much better at it over time because if you're going to be a couple therapist, you're going to have to learn how to, and, and you know, I, I get it now. I get more of, I know what's behind it. And so that helps me a lot, but it, it makes me nervous. You know, people are shouting at each other or somebody gets up and walks out. That really makes me nervous. And, you know, like we have to sort of know ourselves and know what we can tolerate. And um, when uh, I, I participated in making a video called caught in the struggle, a long time ago, we made this video in like 2012, I think. And um, uh, Susan Thaw, a good friend of mine and fellow EFT therapist, and I played the therapist in the in the um, role play, and um, other people were the couple. And what I learned was like Susan was behind me, sort of trying to help me and be sort of a co-therapist and helping me kind of regulate we were the the point of the thing was how do we regulate ourselves and one of the things that Susan and I found out was that we had different reactions to the same couple like it's not very often that you have somebody else being the therapist with you (laughs) and uh, I don't do co-therapy I don't most of us don't and um what I learned so much from that, just that we all have our own things that we respond to. When people come to us, they, they come to a particular person who has particular life experience and particular responses to different emotions. And um, I think we need to know those about ourselves because we can get taken off guard. You know? mm-hmm. um, and yeah. if we just know and uh, 
know ourselves well enough to know, okay, this is one that's really hard for me. I'm really going to have to work hard here. Mm -hmm. uh, and I have to ground myself, you know, put yeah. my feet on the ground and ground myself and um, know that it's good for this person to be able to talk about her experience, that even just talking about it and my reflecting it is very organizing and helpful. And I'm going to be in here with them and that will be helpful and I can do it. Right. Sometimes we have to talk ourselves um, into tolerating something that's maybe a little bit beyond what we're used to. I think that's growth for us as therapists. Yes. Right. Yes. And EFT has that way of illuminating the corners of our own emotional space we haven't quite um, cleaned out yet. And, yeah. and I up a lot with um, beginning EFT therapists. And I think that's part of why it's such a beautiful model is it really if you allow it will help you as the therapist really grow and become congruent. And, you know, because you as the dance choreographer, you know, cause we're the, we're the process consultant, you know, if there's places where we hold back where we can't go, it's going to be really hard to lead our clients into that direction and, and get them to go to those new places. Yeah. And, and what's been lovely in working with some of my supervisees is as they've noticed themselves getting triggered in those places in session, bringing up some of their own stuff, recognizing how that impacts the work, they're able to jump into their client's shoes and, and use that experience as, okay, I get how hard this is to go here. Like, I'm with you right there, you know, and it becomes an even more powerful tool to have empathy with the client. Absolutely, yeah means everything. I mean, if we're going to have people share their emotions in the deepest possible way, we have to be right there with them. And, and that's, yeah. that they're not going to share it if we're not, right? So yeah. if they don't feel our heart and they don't feel our presence and um, yeah. they, we won't get the work done. Yeah. So it's helpful to look at tapes, look at your own tapes and notice um, when you back away from things because we're all going to do this like you know misattunement happens your own cycle with the clients like when this comes alive what happens for me inside what is my mood do i go psycho ed do yes. i say do i yes. lean close do i attack do i withdraw right. Right. <laughs> you know right yeah yeah we can notice those things when we watch our tapes we can notice those things about us and that's very helpful oh gee i noticed that i just didn't quite get that or that went right by me or i was a little nervous there and i like you said cognitive or something and what but, do i need in those moments to stay grounded yes right and tapes help a lot because you can sort of look at it again and then uh notice your own reactions to it right so yeah. that brought up something for me that i wasn't yeah. even aware i was feeling so this has been really wonderful, Nancy. So I just want to offer sort of like a quick reflections of what we covered today. So we're talking about the power of the present moment. In EFT, emotionally focused therapy, we work in the present moment because that's how we create the second order change we're looking for is by working with the emotion that's live in the present. The past may come up, but we we connect it back to the present with understanding that it's only coming alive because it's, it's only coming up because it's still alive in the present and not dead to rest in the past. And, you know, being able to really attune to what's happening in the room and make sure that you know how to organize what's happening to stay with it, recognizing your window of tolerance as a therapist, what may pop up for you that might, hold you back from being able to stay present or, or what things might trigger you to leave the present moment and what you need to stay grounded. Um, and, and all of those will just be so helpful, I think, for a therapist listening to this on how to stay in the present process and some, some simple things like, you know, that you so wonderfully offered, what happens right here, right now as we talk about this? How does this land on you? What is this like <laughs> inside yeah. we talk about this, right? right? And just really focusing your attunement, your, your signal on watching the client's faces, their body language, signs that something's happening in the moment and, and noticing it and working with it. Yeah. And that's going to be really enough. powerful. Being flexible You'll have to notice it, to go away from your, your agenda. If something is really coming up, like, oh, wow, here's yeah. something. 
Yes. Or the emotional that's right here. I want to focus. Yes. On. And it, it may seem like a detour to you as the therapist, but it's actually not. There's a reason yeah. why it comes up relative to the place you're working is it's something related. And so that's why it's important to notice it and start organizing back to what is it that working that this thing that we're working on right now causes this to pop up. That's important. Mm -hmm. And we want to, we want to link them back together and connect them and find out what that is. So don't be afraid that clients don't feel trying to say, how does this feel right now? And they're like, nothing, right? It feels like a detour, go somewhere else. It's actually very relevant to the present process and something you want to reflect and organize and start to explore again. Right. And that's so don't the be afraid. Process too. If, they're, if yeah. they say, I don't feel anything, okay, that, okay, what, that's here in the present. I'm not feeling anything. I'm yes. myself out. Let's try to understand yeah. that. Yes. Even, even the act of, not, of trying not to feel in the present moment is still important. That's so, you right. know, don't, don't take it as a sign that you're doing something wrong, guys. Like, I promise you're on the right path. And really being able to focus on the present moment is how you're going to notice those really powerful, really magical sessions come alive more often for you. So thank you so much, Nancy. I so appreciate you coming with us. Now you're in Los Angeles and I know that you have some trainings and websites. Can you let people know where they can find you, how they can contact you? Well, they can find me particularly at nancygardnerphd.com. Uh, my trainings will be listed there. Um, and the LA Center for EFT is um, laceft.org, and uh, we run trainings. And uh, I'm a co-founder of the LA Center in EFT, and uh, still active on the board with them. So wonderful. Um, also, the our little, the little video that I recommended or that I mentioned called "Caught in the Struggle" that's available through ISEFT. Um, Perfect. So that's a fun um, look at uh, what's happening within the therapist and how can the therapist not get caught in this struggle. And is that a training video on ISEF? Training video on ISEF, yeah. All right. And of course, I'll put links to all of these on the description for this video on YouTube. Um, and this video is, or this is now available as a podcast on Podbean and iTunes. So you guys are welcome to look up We Heart Therapy. Um, and you'll be able to find this episode on there as well. And just make sure that you check out nancylaceft.org, you said? Laceft.org, yeah. There, .org, okay. And for Nancy's training video, you can find it on iceft.com, I-C-E-E-F-T.com. That's uh, the EFT headquarters international website. And nancygardnerphd.com. You can get in touch with her, locate her trainings, Contact her if you're interested in bringing her out to your area to do a training or a master class. I'm sure she'd love to be invited. So thank you so much, Nancy, for being with us today and just sharing your wisdom. We're so appreciative. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you so much to our listeners and our viewers. Just make sure that you hit subscribe because new videos are on the way. Don't forget to buy my book. Using Relentless Empathy in the Therapeutic Relationship, Connecting with Challenging and Resistant Clients for Helping Professionals. Available on Amazon or on my website, www.drbugatti.com.